Welcome to All Power to the Developing, a podcast of the Eastside Institute. I'm Lois Holzman, co-founder and director of the Institute, and I want to tell you where our title comes from. The Institute is a center for social change efforts that reinitiate human and community development. We support, connect, and partner with committed and creative activists, scholars, artists, helpers, and healers all over the world. Way back in 2003, Institute co-founder, the late Fred Newman and I, had a paper published with the title, All Power to the Developing. This phrase captures how vital it is for all people to grow, develop, and transform emotionally, socially, and intellectually, if we are to have a shot at creating something positive out of the intense crises we're all experiencing. Our hope is that this podcast series will show you that far from a slogan, all power to the developing is a loving activity, a pulsing heart in an all too cruel world. everyone, welcome to All Power to the Developing. I'm Jan Wooten in New York, and I'm your host for this episode, and so delighted to introduce you to developmentalist Murray Dabby. Hey, Murr. Hi, Jan. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. It's so, really... Murray, why, why don't I share some, some of your bona fides? And okay. We can, uh, we can we can open up. Okay, so, I've, I've never had bona fides before. <laughs> so Murray Dabby, uh, for our listeners, is the director of the Atlanta, Georgia Center for Social Therapy. Uh, has been a social therapist. Uh, graduated back in 1980. Uh, a licensed social worker. The co-founder of Curtain Up, Anxiety Down a program that facilitates improv and therapy groups for people with social anxiety, is a co-founder of the Couples College that teaches skills and creates space for couples to work on growth in groups, uh, advances improvisational therapeutics, something I I really want us to to hear more about, is the director of the Atlanta All-Stars Performance Project which includes the Atlanta All-Stars Talent Show Network. And last but not least, is a working rock musician and performer who <laughs> yes, has I... been performing since, uh, I, I guess, nearly 40 years uh-huh. uh, and, and plays a mean uh, uh, lead guitar and bass guitar. So welcome, <laughs> Murray Dabby. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, could I add one more thing, by the way? Absolutely. Because I, by the way, I play more than rock guitar. I play all kinds of guitar, but that's not what I meant. What I wanted to add was that I'm also a proud member of the Global Play Brigade. And uh, that's a, a great, uh, great opportunity to test and use improv skills. And we could talk more about that later if need be. That's, that's great, Murray. Mm-hmm. So, Murray, uh, you have you know, uh, um, performed, 
uh, on all kinds of stages. But one stage you've been performing on for so many years is as a, as a therapist, mm -hmm. as someone committed to helping people grow. Mm -hmm. uh, back in the day, in the early 1980s, do you mm -hmm. have a sense of what attracted you to the social therapeutic approach? Mm. Well, I, um, prior to getting involved with the social therapeutic approach and doing the training program, I was, you know, I was trained in a lot of um, kind of traditional approaches. I was working in a prestigious um, uh, psychiatric hospital working with an internationally known psychoanalyst. Uh, and being there, I was very um, disappointed, frankly, in, uh, in having so many resources and people doing so badly afterwards. And so what I discovered, uh, you know, in coming to meet um, people like Lois Holtzman and Fred Newman and people that were developing social therapy at the time uh, was this belief that we together as people could create the environments that we need to be able to um, grow, to be able to develop, that it wasn't the knowers, the authoritarian kind of knowers of uh, what makes people do better and not better, you know, uh, you know, that, that, that was completely problematic to me. Um, and I wasn't good at it because mm -hmm. I'm not particularly good at someone who says, oh, I have all the answers. Um, I can create answers together. I can create new possibilities together. So that's what, what really helped. Um, then there was the improv work, which came later. Um, you know, my first experience of improv was actually with a famous, uh, uh, family therapist, Virginia Satir, who uh, stood on stage and she magically in this performing way created this beautiful improv of a family uh, with the participants in it on stage. And I was so awestruck by it, but I was too shy uh, to do it myself. <laughs> uh, and, and then I had the opportunity to do a workshop uh, with Fred Newman uh, a little later on in the 80s uh, called Performance of a Lifetime. Mm -hmm. And it was where um, I, along with the other 150 people that were in the audience, uh, got to stand on a stage and perform a minute of our lives. I was a really shy, quiet uh, kid and also very uptight about giving talks, presentations. I would freeze on stage. I didn't know myself how to have comfortable conversations. And I stood on that stage and screamed at the top of my lungs while I was performing my life, how I hated being on stage. And then Fred just lovingly said, now can you just spontaneously create a poem out of what you just did? I never did that before. And I just stood there and the words seemed to come out of me somehow or other, and I created a poem about my life, and to the to the reception of a super super appreciative audience, and for me it was like jumping out of an airplane, you know, with a parachute and never having skydived before, and and feeling like oh my god, I could do something kind of completely free and spontaneous, something I did as a musician, but I never did as someone who could just speak. So that's, that was kind of profoundly influential to me. 
that's that's uh, that's really great to know about that journey. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm thinking now about these. Uh, it 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 helps me see this uh, curtain up anxiety down workshop series that you created mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a whole new light. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering how you how you thought about injecting performance and improvisation to help clients who are profoundly socially anxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I I've always done workshops where I added some bit of performance to it, and mm-hmm. you know, and then I was doing you know some workshops in the community in the therapist community. Um, met. Uh, Leslie Fredman, who is my colleague in co-founding uh, it, and she's a she's a creativity coach, and you know directs a small theater. Uh, and um, we talked about creating something like this that was already being done, but in a different way by Second City in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the different way is that the way that they were injecting or adding therapeutics to it was they were doing a standard cognitive behavioral change after people did the workshops in improv. Um, for us, we wanted to kind of integrate them more, have them more be a part of it. So, and we we just thought, God, this could be such an amazing way for people to have an experience that I had myself but I, I had no idea that would have the impact that it has. We were, we were just experimenting with it. And so we, we kind of announced our first class and we got about 10 people. I am you know, somewhat known in the therapy community here in Atlanta and, and had ways of reaching out. And people just started referring people as well as bringing in a couple of my clients into it. And we did our first meeting and to our surprise, um, everybody that took the class felt like they grew enormously. They benefited and they benefited in a way that was way faster than they might have if they had done regular therapy, even social therapy. So, um, so I, we, we just continued on and we've done about 14 groups since. Each group is about 12 weeks long. Um, and you know they run for about two and a half hours, so it's a good long chunk of time to work with people. Where, you know, we've combined uh, these games that we've developed that we change up based on the group, but you know that that we kind of put together, and um, and talking together about um, you know transformation, what it means, what it's like for them, uh, and how to you know further create the environment together. Mm-hmm. I, I keep thinking about the the your your calling it curtain up, anxiety uh-huh. down. Why uh-huh. the curtain? Tell us uh-huh. about the curtain and why <laughs> that's so critical to people's transformatory experiences. Yeah, it's interesting. I've never thought about that question before. In a way, the curtain idea was just sort of playfully saying, "Okay, it's ready to be on stage." You know, mm-hmm. you're you're now you're now on stage, and let's do something together. Um, and uh, so, you know, there's a way in which people's um, people who come to the class learn to develop a sense that 
it's okay to be public. It's okay to be seen. It's mm -hmm. okay to be visible. A lot of people that come to the class have severe social anxiety, you know, severely fearful of being seen. They, re, they stand back in groups. And so the idea of, you know, being out there, being public, um, you know, is, is very, very powerful. Now, I, I might be putting words in your mouth here, but mm -hmm. is part of their development, I guess, the sense that they are creating that stage together with you? Are they, are they building that stage with you? Is that something that you talk about explicitly in the workshops or? We, we do in this, in some sense, um, but you know, it's a funny thing about improv, you know, as opposed to doing regular therapy groups. As improvisers and leaders of improv, we kind of provide the exercises and we kind of create the rules, you know, and they're simple rules, uh, which allow for enormous freedom and possibilities for what you do with them. Uh, so in a lot of ways as improvisers, um, as leaders, we kind of create the structure for it. But what we do is we welcome people uh, to, uh, to appreciate that they are a part of creating this, that we could not do this without their full buy-in, they're taking the risks, they're joining us in being silly, uh, they're joining us in appreciating everybody else in the class. Um, because that kind of sense of appreciation uh, is so important to people who are taking those risks. Hmm. You know, you've, you've uh, referenced the fact that you have uh, social therapy groups, regular, mm -hmm. regular gr ongoing groups, mm -hmm. and then you have these workshops that curtain up anxiety down. Mm -hmm. um, how do you see those kind of influencing and informing one another, discoveries mm. that you make in one influencing the other? Is that is that an experience that you have? Mm -hmm. uh, I think so. I think as, see, as a social therapist um, in, my, in my therapy groups and in my one-to-one -one groups, you mm -hmm. know, my groups with one other client, um, the feeling and the uh, appreciation that you can say to the group as a leader who's expected to know what to do, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how to do this. Uh, we have to create it together. Um, I think the improv work has given me more comfort in doing that. Uh, mm -hmm. It's given me more of an appreciation of the power of uh, you know, being able to kind of not have a road to walk and then create whatever that road is together with people. And, uh, you know, a recent thing in the group, uh, I can think just actually in the last group, there was somebody who had has a long time struggle in close relationships and dating in particular. And the group came together to talk about how they can be a place for her to bring her struggles. And the group can, you know, can can go with her on the journey of even how to consider doing anything like dating. And, um, and she turned to me and said, um, okay, that's great. Uh, so how do we do this? And I said to her and to the group, I have no idea. And, you know, of course she fell backwards. Oh no, what am I gonna do? Um, but 
together with the group, we talked about having to, how would we know? I mean, we've never worked with her on that before. We've never gotten to know her in that way before. And we would have to create together as a group what the group needs to be to support her to do it. Murray, you, you just said something that might be shocking to some of our listeners. Mm -hmm. uh, at least I, I heard it as potentially shocking that the group mm -hmm. can go with her. Say, say more about that. Well, you know, the, the group can do a number of things. I mean, one is that they can go with her in terms of in the group itself. Talk about the minutia that goes on in people deciding to go out on a date that we don't necessarily share with people, the fears we have, the, the, the anxieties we have, the, the, the um, assumptions that we make when we, when we do that. But as well, yeah, people have in the group offered to go out with somebody, you know, to go to a place where they, you know, have never been before um, and actually have done that. Actually, there was a, uh, a, a man who in the group who actually just recently left uh, and he was terrified, gay man who didn't know how to be in, you know, in social settings at all. He was, had a lot of anxiety and members of the group just said, oh, we'll go with you. And they literally went out you know, together um, to be together and to take, take on his fear together. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm also gonna follow up on, on your saying your one-on-one -on -one group. Yes. Tell, tell us about that. Well, um, you know, there's <coughs> the assumption um, that, you know, or there's kind of a, a way in which um, uh, therapy will tend to talk about therapy is individual therapy. You're seeing a client and the client is focused on that person, you know, and you're helping them, you're listening to them, you're learning about them, you're giving direction, you're making interpretations, whatever it is that therapists are trained to do. And we're trained to do a lot of those things. And I was trained as well to do a lot of those things. Um, but when you have a group of two, we are figuring out together what it is we're doing. Um, you know, and, you know, as a, as a, someone who had been traditionally trained, it's very easy to veer into, you know, okay, I can, you know, tell this person or help them. But when therapy is good, it is about how we feel about what we're doing together? Is this the way we want to go? How how is our relationship? What does our relationship mean to one another? We're we're a group. We just happen to be a small group, and it makes it possible, I think, for people to feel freed up um, and to feel more connected to their therapy and their intimacy and the ability to feel like, oh, wait a second, I don't have to be someone who's like a passive receiver of knowledge, you know, from this therapist, I can also create new possibilities with them. I, I, I am also wondering how your group responded when you say to them, hey, I have no idea. Uh, we're going to have to create it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get pushback on that or how, how, how do people well, respond? Well, I definitely got pushed back by the person that asked me the question. <laughs> because <laughs> she really needed to know she was very anxious it's understandable but she you know 
she she said, "Come on, come on, you know, you 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 know, because because they they know some of me and some of my stories, and you know, I've I've had experiences and so forth, but I don't know. Um, some people laughed, some people said, "Right on," and some people said, "Uh oh, what are we gonna do?" You know, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you know, the whole mixture of responses that, you know, that we uh, that we talk about together. Hey, Murray, why don't yeah. we take just a very quick break um, sure. and then we'll be right back. Okay. The Eastside Institute is a hub for a diverse and emergent community of social activists, thought leaders, and practitioners who are reigniting our human abilities to imagine, create, and perform beyond ourselves, to develop. Each episode will introduce you to another performance activist or play revolutionary from around the world. The Institute is independent of government and corporate foundations. Our work is entirely funded by students and supporters. If you would like to help the Institute expand its developmental work, please make a contribution by going to eastsideinstitute.org and click the Get Involved tab, where you can make a donation. Thanks. And now, back to our conversation. So we're talking to Murray Dabby, director of the Atlanta Social Therapy Center. Hello again. <laughs> Murray, it's, it's so much fun to talk to you about your work. Um, uh, and I, you know, I, I remember as, as we were getting ready to do this, this interview, something that you, that you said to me has just has been sticking mm. that as a therapist who's now worked with so many people in so many different locations, trained therapists and, and done all the work that you've done, um, that you described inviting people on a journey with you mm -hmm. uh, and saying, hey, reaching out your hand and saying, hey, work with me. Mm -hmm. I can help you develop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tell us more about that. What is that invitation that you're giving to people as you bring them into groups of one or two or 20 or mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what's that invitation, Murray? Um, it's uh, it's an invitation. Well, first of all, I like to say when I give that invitation, I'm often terrified um, because I am asking them to do something together with me that I don't know where it's going to take us or what it's going to mean. You know, uh, so. So what it is, is an invitation to get to know each other, to be more, to be intimate together, to, to bring them, bring me into their lives. And that we, do, I don't have a script. I don't shoot from the hip. I don't have, you know, kind of a structure of how I work. I mean, in some cases I do, you know, I mean, I can work with couples and in the couples college program you mentioned, we have kind of a, a course that we have put together, you know, that, that allows us to kind of teach things, but then, you know, build on whatever it is that comes from the teaching. Um, but in, in therapeutic work, it's being able to 
um, uh, get to know each other, be more intimate together, create, create our therapy. Um, and, uh, and that can look very differently for different people. And so, uh, so we continually talk about um, how are we doing? You know, what's, what's this like? What's, you know, do you wanna go further? Anything to do with this? Uh, you know, so, so that's kind of what it, you know, that's like, it's an invitation to intimacy. Mm-hmm. you know, is how I think about it. Um, when you go on a journey, it's like taking a hike with a good friend and you're going to hike for who knows how many, you know, how many miles and how many steps. And you never know what the conversation that we might have on the road will be. Um, but we're together, relying on each other, you know, uh, making sure that if there are sticks or rocks along the way <laughs> that we're looking at them and attending to them. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of how I think about it. Yeah, I, I, I really like that metaphor and I'm hearing how important it is, the relationality of the developmental journey. Mm-hmm. I think I read in, um, I, I, I was taking a look at uh, a, uh, a book that uh, of supervisory sessions and, and colloquia mm-hmm. that Fred Newman did with, with therapists such as yourself. You're probably mm-hmm. in the book. I was in the book, yes, definitely. <laughs> Psycho- I definitely was. <laughs> psychological Investigations. It's a great book, yes. And mm-hmm. uh, in Psychological Investigations, one of the discussions that really impacted me was that we, who we are, our sense of ourselves, Mm-hmm. Who we are now mm-hmm. are the one greatest impediment mm. development. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a- as you're talking about picking up the stones and rocks along this path, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this is not an easy journey, this development mm-hmm. journey. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, t- t- I, from the vantage point of view, mm-hmm. as, as reaching out your hand to helping groups of people take that journey, how, how is that for you? And uh... yeah, um, you know, as I'm thinking about it, it's it, one interesting thing. I, I've never been terribly good mm-hmm. at asking hard questions. Um, I've had to learn to do that. I always had an interest, say, in like philosophy, but but never have has been i've never been great as a practitioner of it in terms of asking you know questions about little things about big things about you know especially maybe little questions about big things so but what i have to do in this is learn to ask often asking the question something like how do you know mm-hmm. um how, how do you know that that's who you are how do you know that that's the right answer how do you know that this is what's happening to you? How do you know that you're depressed because this and this and this happened? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, and I think that that's a really important question to ask because a big killer to me about, um, a killer to me of people's development is that need to know, mm-hmm. you know, need to have an answer, need to feel like, okay, 
Um, I, you know, I know my story. I know that I was raised by my family and these horrible things happened and this is what led to this and this is what led to that. And, and it's a very important story to people. And, um, and, you know, whether in group or in, um, in other places, you know, in, in the small groups, say, um, it's, it working to help people out of that kind of need knowing paradigm, you know, uh, how much, how, how freeing that can be, but also how scary that can be. And so I, you know, I ask that question often with anxiety mm-hmm. um, because it's like, oh, we may go into an area here. I mean, sometimes people say, what are you talking about? This is, this is my story or, you know, and we get, as you said, get pushback, but, um, but, but it's so valuable when we go there um, that it, it gives us an opportunity to kind of pave a new possibility to create a new road. Um, you know, I, I remember the, uh, like an, an article I read about the, you know, the, the mental health benefits of improv and something like, um, making things up together, uh, helps us deal with reality. Um, you know, which is that the sense that if you are able to create an atmosphere of possibility or atmospheres not of not knowing we're much better equipped to deal with those things that that we have to handle, whether it's hard relationships or you know work environments that are super demanding, um, because you know when we're in those kinds of places, we kind of feel stuck in the role that we you know that maybe we've adopted for so long, and you don't have maneuverability to one way or another, right or left or anyway, um, how to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So I think that that's really important. You know, that's helpful to me. That's it's. I, I find this so uh, important what you're saying about actually creating anxiety with your mm. patients, mm-hmm. <laughs> creating the mm-hmm. anxiety, a certain kind of growth anxiety, maybe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that is as anxious for you as the social therapist as it mm-hmm. may be for. Oh, people yeah. in your groups. Oh yeah, yeah, a- absolutely. Curtain um, up, anxiety up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. It, it's you know I was just thinking about it. Ironically, that I mean that might be why I think I might like uh, the curtain up, anxiety down group better <laughs> because you know in a way we're asking, we're raising those kinds of questions, but very very differently. We're just saying here's an exercise to not be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, here's an exercise to be other than what you know you can do, you can be. And, and, uh, and there's, you know, there's kind of a, a fun in that. Uh, and, you know, I know that the clients that are doing it are much more anxious than I am, but, <laughs> you know, because I am kind of creating, you know, the, the pet template to kind of work with. Um, but, uh, so, but that's an interesting, you know, difference, I think, an interesting yeah. question. Yeah. You know, the, the path that you describe, the, you're reaching out your hand and inviting people on this path with you, mm-hmm. that the path that you're making as you go, mm-hmm. um, yeah. not an easy path, right. um, a choice to do something pretty, pretty difficult as you're mm-hmm. describing it. Yeah. Um, I'm just thinking that the path populated by 
this group of people that's committed to this activity allows you to maybe imitate one another, stretch in certain ways to, mm -hmm. as you put it, not be yourself. Do you see mm -hmm. that going on as people mm -hmm. sort of stretch with each other to create something new together? Mm -hmm. um, I do, I do. Um, uh, you know, uh, you know, there we, we've I've, recently in my group, I've had a series of groups where people have become more open about them, who they are, what they're struggling with. Mm -hmm. um, and it's felt like one thing has generated another, has generated another, has generated another. So, um, you know, one person came into group and was talking about how he felt like a loser. And uh, because he wasn't able to get a job and he, but bottom line is he thinks of himself as a loser and the group got into just where the, where, how did that get created? How did that belief get created? And it went to a whole lot of things, including a lot of abuse in, in his background, a lot of, you know, abuse and sexual abuse. And then that's generated somebody else who's been through a lot of hurt in the group itself and who has a lot of trouble with vulnerability and, and, and went into her hurt that she felt by others in the group over little things, not big things, but, uh, but the group went through this very intimate process. So it just felt, the group felt like this was now a space where we can talk about you know, things that are kind of unsayable, you know, things that we might not ordinarily say to one another. So um, I definitely feel like there's an image, including the imitative, I mean, mm -hmm. people will imitate me, you know, by asking questions or, or saying, how does a group, you know, there are people that I could, I know will, will say, so how's the group thinking about this? Or how, how's the group relying on this? So there's a, imitation is also really important in the improv group I do. And I don't know mm -hmm. if it would be helped to talk about that, but because um, what I do as a therapist is I completely abandon the, any kind of respectable role of a therapist <laughs> when I go into the group and I start acting crazy and silly and, and say ridiculous things and demonstrate exercises together. And, it, and, and in a way that guideline oh, this guy could do it. Maybe I can do it too. Um, so I'll look straight into the, you know, right now we're doing it all on Zoom, of course. So I'll straight into the, you know, into the box here and have my face come so close to the screen that, you know, people are mortified. But then I, I said, we, we, let's all do that. And, you know, and, and we all do that together, um, which, you know, helps people, for one thing, it helps people get really comfortable with, you know, being visible, being seen. Everybody's uncomfortable with how they look, you know, and how they appear to others. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so you, you kind of through improv, you kind of create this automatic, yeah, imitate me. That's what we're doing. We're imitating each other. Imitation is a such an important growth uh, ability, growth kind of capacity we have. That's how kids learn. That's how kids pick up on things that, you know, they imitate the sounds we make and they imitate, you know, uh, you know, our parents, 
you know, I mean, you know, how we say things or what we eat or what we what we might do or draw. I used to grow up in a family where there was like musical parties uh, when I was three and four and five. And I would just, you know, watch the parties and I would bang on the table like I had a drum, you know. <laughs> so, you know, so that was, you know, that was really, you know, really wonderful. This, uh, this is great, Murray. I'm, you know, maybe as uh, just to wrap, I, I'm just, of course, with the, uh, the $10 million question, but mm -hmm. when you think about, you know, taking people on this developmental journey as a social therapist, mm -hmm. has that notion of development kind of morphed and changed and evolved for you over the 30 years that you've been practicing? Mm. Uh, it's, it has, um, it, in a way only recently has, uh, you know, like a, a, letting go mm -hmm. of the idea that development needs to have an end product. Yeah. It was big for me in a recent recent change in, in my understanding of development. I mean, I might have sort of known that in terms of yeah, intellectually, yeah, but but really um, appreciating that, feeling that, um, going with you know, gulping and going with something and feeling like you're in this soup of unknowability and not knowing and 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 then something gets created mm -hmm. um, that's helpful or that's, you know, or that's, that brings people to a new place. So, you know, I, I, I think very much of, you know, development being, you know, you know, there's a traditional idea of development that's very stagist and very much, you know, I mean, there's a lot of notions of development, but, you know, that in the psychological world, we go through certain kinds of stages of growth and we pass through one and we pass to the next and pass to the next. And, you know, and there's a notion of development that we're all in together to create a stage. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we don't know what the stage may look like and we don't know what we're going to perform on it yet, but, and, but trusting in that we're together creating it, um, can be a wonderful experience, uh, you know, to, to, to get there. So, so yeah, I, I, I think development is always one of those things I'm going to kind of work on and try to understand and struggle with. And, you know, it, it's, 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 it's elusive and it makes complete sense at the same time, you know? <laughs> very, very, very well said, very poetically said. And I, we so appreciate uh, you're participating in oh, this episode and thank you. wanted to thank you uh, to our listeners. I, I'm going to say that if you're interested in learning more about social therapy yeah. and the Atlanta Center for Social Therapy, Murray, yeah. that people can reach out to you at Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, Murray yes. Yes. at atlantasocialtherapy.com. Yes, correct. Yeah, that's my email. Uh, best way to get in touch. Yeah, I love doing this too. It was so enjoyable to do this and to do this with you, Jan. It was great. Okay, thanks so much, Mur. Okay, take Goodbye, care. Bye, everyone. Take care.